hey, you guys, what do you think about this for an ending? And I just pitched it to him cold, like right there. They had no wow. idea what I was talking And I was just like, what do you think about this? And they are like, you have to do it. Very, very first draft of the script that I read was like, it was very, it was very big. It was this big, epic, almost like Game of Thrones battle with like foundation people on horses chasing other people and axes being thrown. Like it was really, it almost, it was, it was strange because, and, and to me, like I get it, like a lot of times, especially when you're, when you're, you're writing a script or a studio, like you do, you, you go big because it's, it's what, it's what, you know, it's usually the mindset uh, uh, that, 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 that they're looking for. That was all done and that was approved. That was like, that's what we're shooting. And we were super excited about it. But Ryder was like, Mike, I just feel like I want, is there a way that we can end this movie a little, like, I, I don't want to lose that, but what else can we do? He goes, I'm just going to give, think about it. Otherwise, if you don't come up with something, that's fine. I'm happy with this ending. But if you think of something, I just want to throw it out there. And I remember I was, I was, we were there, we had started pre-production. I can't remember if it was in my office or I was out with some of the cast or whatever. And I just, this idea popped into my head. I was like, God, could we do that? It's fun to just like meet new people and just have like discussions, like uh, whether it's about the movie or just random stuff that just kind of, you just have a discussion with somebody you've never met before. And it's kind of eye-opening and, 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 and can be really intriguing, so. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin. Hello, Kevin. Hi, Trent. We are being joined by a very, very special guest, Mr. Mike P. Nelson. Hello, Mike. Hey, how's it going, guys? Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. We really, really appreciate it. Um, we know Mike as the director of last year's Wrong Turn, starring Charlotte Vega, uh, Aiden Bradley, Emma Dumont, and Matthew Modine, among others. Variety called Wrong Turn one of the 10 best horror films of 2021. We talked about Wrong Turn back on our Hillbilly Horror episode. You can see that um, video on demand pretty much anywhere. It's on Showtime. It's on Prime. With Showtime, it's on Fubo. Mike also wrote and directed the 2018 film The Domestics, starring Kate Bosworth and Tyler Hecklin. All right. That's right. Yep. All right. You, you um, said it right. All right. <laughs> you can watch the domestics on Apple TV right now, on Redbox, on Tubi, on Pluto, uh, a couple other spots. Mike, thanks again for being here. We really appreciate it. Oh man, I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for the invite. Um, my first question is: um, We're wondering how you came to be involved in Wrong Turn. How, how did this happen as a directorial project for you? Well, it starts back as. Uh, it starts back as early as uh, the end of 2017. Um, we had just, I had just finished up a uh, domestics uh, in post that, uh, that summer. Um, yeah. And then it took a year for that movie to come out, but um, we had finished up domestics. I was looking for another project. Uh, I was going around, I was pitching projects around town. I was pitching a shark movie, this shark movie that, uh, that I was going around with uh, John Scott who wrote um, uh, Maggie and uh, I had another, uh, uh, like a horror slasher mom kind of flick uh, that I was pitching as, as well. And I was getting a whole lot of no's um, after, after this first film. And, and I was kind of like, oh, my gosh, what is going on? Like, I thought I got in the door. Yes, I got in the door. But uh, 
I had kind of started all over again, uh, in, in a way, you know, I, I'd kind of, you know, opened, opened the door, uh, in the studio system in, in Hollywood. And then suddenly I was like, the, like the, Oh, look, at it. it's, it's so, it's so cute. He's, he's the new guy in town. Good job. And that's about all I was getting. Um, but I met a lot of great people, uh, during that time and, um, got to read a lot of great screenplays. Um, a lot of which I pitched for, of course, got a lot of no's. Um, and then, uh, the script for wrong turn, uh, um, got it, went into my inbox. Uh, my manager, Noah Rosen, uh, reps, Alan McElroy, who wrote the script and who also wrote the original, uh, from 2003. And, uh, was just like, Mike, uh, I rep Alan. Alan's got a, this really interesting new script. He's putting it together with Constantine who just by happenstance, I was able to pitch to them, uh, uh that for that, that shark movie. And they read my other script and, both were too weird, I guess, for them, which is fine. It opened the door basically. And, uh, when I read the script, uh, you know, again, you read these scripts, you get wrong turn in your inbox. You're like, Oh God. This isn't saying anything about, uh, about, about the, about, you know, the first wrong turn. It's just, it's, it's where the films ended up. Uh, eventually, and you know, I know that people have have uh, soft spots in, in their heart for for these movies, but I can't say I was a big fan of of of, of the majority of the sequels, and um, so I just was kind of like, okay, I'll give it a shot. Um, and uh, I read it, and it kind of starts out how you would expect, and I was like, oh, well, I mean, it's fun, it's fun, you know, it's it's young adults going out, they're getting taken out in interesting ways, and then suddenly it just. 180 degrees turns into something else. And I was like, now you're speaking my language. Uh, it's the way that I've always loved telling stories. It's the way that I've loved making short films. Um, I always love flipping things in their head, you know, not, and not just to be a twist, but just to like, to really improve what the story is to really be a catalyst in, in a character in characters change. And so I read, I was like, Oh my God, this is great. Not only like, do I get to like make a community of people basically create a new world, but I get to make all these like awesome skull masks with moose heads and fucking uh, boar heads and deer skulls, like which I'm obsessed with. So I was like, this is actually really great. And I, I reached out. I was like, I'm really, really interested in this. And I'd love, I'd love to give it a shot. I have some notes, but I mean, nothing that, you know, we couldn't, couldn't work with. And, and uh, they immediately went to, to Robert Pulzer at Constantine. They're like, hey, so this guy is interested in pitching. His name's Mike Nelson. He's like, wait a second. Mike Nelson, is that the guy who pitched me that crazy batshit shark movie? And, <laughs> and, and, I, and he was like, yeah, that's him. He goes, I want to hear him. And so, uh, nice. and so uh, I pitched it and uh, I did a very kind of a light pitch uh, in office there in, in their, in their, in their offices uh, on sunset. And then um, went back home to Minnesota, drew up uh, a heartier pitch images, just got, kind of really got down to brass tacks on how I saw the film pitched, uh, pitched him over the phone and, uh, and got the job and then worked on it. Um, over the course of about a year, just kind of trying to put it together. Um, so it was most of 2018 kind of getting things together. And then uh, 2019 is when it's really started to see reality. And uh, we got a producer, James Harris, on that kind of helped uh, get things rolling and said, we can make this for a lot less than what you guys want to. 
and he was kind of like this king of like you know low budget movies and, and when i say low budget i'm talking like you know anywhere from like one to five he said we could do this one for seven they were thrilled and we went in and things just started moving really fast once he joined the project and sure enough uh come come fall of 2019 we were making a freaking movie wow that's, that's amazing, amazing. Is this guy is this guy like the new roger corman or something uh, i mean i i want to i want to say that he, he's a little bit <laughs> james james just has a really james is such a smart guy when it comes to taking especially genre films and and putting them down i think there's a lot of people who see scripts and uh and uh, and and they get scared of of how much it's going to take to make something and he looks at a script and says no we can we can do this for this much like i don't understand what's the problem and then he goes in and breaks it down for him and then everybody's like okay that sounds great and then we did and then we do it so it's like it's it's a um and he's i mean he's been known to do that he just did the the latest resident evil movie as well with johannes roberts and um so i mean yeah. he's definitely he's he's gone from you know uh from making much smaller movies to now he's 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 gotten up there and what a what a great guy to be on a team with um and uh such a fun uh such a fun individual to 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 make stuff with he's 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 such a such a fun guy i'm curious um we we love horror and a lot of times we'll be like researching these directors and it just came up on a recent episode where you find out that like some of these directors that are huge in the horror world right now they don't actually like horror so the first thing that I want to ask you is like, are you a horror guy? Like, were you, are you, have you always kind of been in this genre? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've ever since I can remember, like ever since I was like, I think four or five years old, I've been all into like monsters and, uh, you know, was, I grew up watching, you know, uh, whales, uh, uh, Frankenstein, uh, on VHS. It was like one of the few horror movies I was allowed to watch. Yeah. Um, grew up with Monster Squad, which I wasn't allowed to watch, but watched it anyway. Um, and uh, uh, you know, my first my first kind of real like written down story that I have memory of writing was when I was in kindergarten, and and it was a, a story about how the Wolfman killed somebody. So it's it's it it has roots for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still have that story too. My mom still has it, and she brings it out every so often. And there's like a picture, and the Wolfman's got blood in his mouth. I mean, I was, I was what, I was five years old and, and this was sort of the norm for me. And everybody, of course, right. was extremely worried <laughs> yeah, um, I was gonna say. that I was going to turn into some sort of the story, terrible does monster. The, does the story still have like the school therapist notes, like in the sidebar? Like we are very concerned about Mike. <laughs> well, it's funny because I think we were, it was such a different time. I mean, this was, this was back in like the late eighties, early nineties. And so the teacher just kind of pointed this out to my parents. I think my parents were probably more worried than the teacher was. Yeah. Um, you know, that I think the teacher was like, he's expressing his creativity. Yeah. And I think, you know, my dad who also grew up and was in love with monsters and, and things that he wasn't allowed to watch. Um, he, he, I think he understood. He was like, yeah, this sounds exactly like me. <laughs> um, and, uh, so of course, you know, I, I think, you know, as the teacher would say, and, and it was funny as my kindergarten teacher's name was Miss Rambo. Let's go figure. <laughs> Awesome. Um, wow. And, uh, yeah, I know. So weird. Um, but she, you know, I remember, I remember, uh, that, that moment or that conference in particular, because I remember sitting there and I remember them talking about this and seemingly very seriously. And, 
and I didn't quite understand what the big deal was. So, <laughs> but you know, you mentioned uh, Alan McElroy, who who wrote the original, the first Wrong Turn, wrote the screenplay for this Wrong Turn, which, which had which had been rebooted at least once before. I believe the um, number six was was actually supposed to be a complete yeah. reboot. It goes in kind of a different direction. Um, how much rain did you have? I'm curious if there was it a, a a cooperation between you and Alan McElroy, or or did you have the screenplay and you had to go by the screenplay? How much of what we see, idea wise, story wise, theme wise, is you, and and how much is was there, and and was there any interplay? There's definitely interplay, but I mean, Alan's script is is what the majority is of what's on screen, a hundred percent. I mean, I went in and I did a director's pass and a polish, um, you know, added my visual style to things, Okay. Um, uh, changed the ending. Uh, but ultimately, you know, the 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 concepts, the the idea about, you know, the, the brutality of, of of assumptions and judgment, uh, prejudging and, and basically that getting you into trouble. That was one of the things that when I read it, I saw and I was like, God. It's not about, you know, having sex and doing drugs that's going to get you killed anymore. This isn't the 80s. Now this is about, you know, if you make assumptions and, and you prejudge people before you actually know what they're about. That's what's going to get you in trouble. And I mean, we've seen that. Uh, we've seen that now. You know what I mean? And this was I mean, he wrote this script back in 2016, 2017, when this was all starting to kind of come to fruition. This is pre Weinstein, pre cancel culture, pre Me Too. And, uh, or just about, about around the time of the Me Too movement starting to, uh, to come about. And, and so like, he was feeling something, there was something percolating. It was, it was boiling. And then of course, you know, and then, and then you had the, 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 the George Floyd stuff that, that happened and, 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 and all that. And it was just, it, we were making this movie, you know, right before that time and right around that time. And then suddenly all of this happened. It was kind of like, you could just tell, like Alan was like, yeah, I mean, he could feel it. He just knew it was something he needed to get out. And, and he did. And that was something that I was very drawn to in this version because it felt like, wow, this is something that we are in right now. Well, I, th I thought it was really interesting the way that it, it turns, you know, your, your usual wrong turn movie until now. Um, I think it, I think this, the symbolism, if it's there is so buried that you're not really getting a message of like you're talking about. Um, and one of the things that struck me about your version of wrong turn was there's a scene we had just talked about um, deliverance. There's a scene where the characters are trying to decide what to do with a body that they are now in possession of somebody that they've killed. And I really, I was like, man, this is really paying some serious homage to that scene in deliverance where they're talking about what do we do now mm -hmm. with this body that I'm, I'm assuming that that was uh, conscious. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that, I mean, Alan was, was inspired by deliverance for the original wrong turn. And I know that he was inspired by with this one. And I know that, uh, you know, I think with this one, um, you know, Robert, who was the producer who, who I think came to him to see if he would be willing to, to do a modern, nice take of, of wrong turn. I think Alan saw the opportunity as, as uh, Oh wow. Like I can do something similar to what they did in that. You know what I mean? But like, I can bring it, I can bring it to today and start having people ask the question, you know? And uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's an intense sequence. And um, I think one that we don't often 
let uh, horror characters or at least our audiences ponder in, in these kind of movies as often as we should. You led into this perfectly because you taught, you just gave it up. You talked about the ending and you mentioned that you changed the ending. The ending of this movie. Uh, let's is talk about that. Like <laughs> two questions. Like one, without spoiling it, but like, how did you change the ending? And two, I love this question because like a lot of casual movie watchers don't understand that a majority of films are not filmed chronologically. Mm-hmm. Where like in filming did this ending come in? Because you must have just seen this. Like you must have seen like the tests of this and just been like, we nailed this. Yeah. So it was interesting because very, very first draft of the script that I read was like, it was very, it was very big. It was this big epic, almost like Game of Thrones battle with like foundation people on horses chasing other people and axes being thrown. Like it was really, it almost, it was, it was strange because, and, and to me, like I get it, like a lot of times, especially when you're, when you're, you're writing a script or a studio, like you do, you, you, you go big because it's, it's what, it's what, you know, it's usually the mindset uh, that, 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 that they're looking for. Um, and, uh, it was one of the things that when I read this script, I was like, I mean, it's cool. It's a great action sequence, but it didn't necessarily feel as horror to me or, or as like as, as shocking. It was just like, you know, it felt like a great crescendo of a climax. And then, you know, uh, Jen and her father uh, are saved and they walk down the mountain and you hear a song play and that's the end of the movie. And, you know, there was wow, a couple okay. other, yeah, there was a couple other variations of that ending that we kind of like, trimmed down both both for budgetary reasons like there was no way we were going to have the budget to, to, to do a sequence like that um so we had to figure out ways to trim up and we we're like okay how could we do this and we kept trimming it down and trimming it down until it got like well what's the point of even trying to do it this way if we can't even like really do it and then we were like well let's just try to get let's just try to be smarter let's try to make more tension let's try to build more dread uh let's let's try to make it more of a horror movie than than an adventure than an action movie at the end of this and we were all on board to do that. Um, and so, you know, I had spoken with, uh, with, with Robert and, and uh, one of the producers um, about uh, bringing, bringing the foundation back home, basically. Like, what if, you know, you know Jen and, 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 and Scott, you know, are able to, to get back home and the foundation follows them. And, and I remember my first thought was like, what if it was like a home invasion? They're at home, everything's fine. And then the foundation come and they attack. And then we see Jen get to use her smarts and she fends off the invaders, whatever. And, you know, that that was kind of like, oh, well, I mean, I think if we're going to go this route, that might seem a little expected. And I was like, yeah, you know what? You, you might be right. Um, and then, you know, I think it was uh, one of our producers, Dylan, were like, well, what if they showed up? But Because they're like, we like the idea of them showing up. But what if it's like not just like a scene of violence? What if it's like more of a choice that that Jen has to make? I was like, okay, that's cool. And then we got into this mindset of like, well, what if, you know, then of course it was Venable coming home. And then it was this idea of like, you know, I, again, I, I know that there's, I, I get into spoilers here and stuff that, like that's that. That's okay. But that, that's okay. No but, but ultimately, ultimately, um, you know, it was, it was about playing it, playing it a little bit more for dread, playing it a little bit more, playing a little bit more for character. And, um, to us, you know, it, yes, it works definitely for budget, but honestly, I felt like it really, uh, struck a much harder chord uh, in terms of a character's decision making, and uh, made for a really memorable ending that um, I don't think you were expecting. And then, of Not course, we and then on top of that, we go, we went one step further. And, I know, and right? That, and that one step further was something. So originally, 
they were going to get into that RV and just drive. And okay. that was the end. And it was going to be very, it was going to kind of be like in a vein of, of a little bit more bleak, a little bit bleaker horror, yeah, like you yeah. know, in, in the vein of something that's maybe a little bit more, a little bit more Eggers, maybe a little bit more Ari Aster, where you're just kind of like, oh God, like your gut just like turns inside. And we were never always fully happy with that. Like there's just kind of like this, I mean, we get it. Like she's made this decision and it's cool and it's badass that she like, but it's so it's so I, I you fooled me I was riveted through that whole segment and yeah. I was like you gotta be kidding me this can't yeah. be the end yeah I know and and so and so I remember Robert um we were we were uh in pre-production in, in in Ohio and Robert called me up one day and was just like Mike I just want to put it out there if you can think of anything because like at that point we had we had had Alan and I had 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 futz with the ending and we had written the ending with 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 venable coming back to the house and then them leaving we that was all done and that was approved that was like that's what we're shooting and we were super excited about it but Robert was like mike i just feel like i want is there a way that we can end this movie a little like i, I don't want to lose that but what else can we do he goes i'm just gonna give think about it otherwise if you don't come up with something that's fine i'm happy with this ending but if you think of something i just want to throw it out there and i remember i was I was, we were there, we had started pre-production. I can't remember if it was in my office or I was out with some of the cast or whatever. And I just, this idea popped into my head. I was like, God, could we do that? And, and then what was interesting was I didn't really tell anybody except I mentioned it to, I was hanging out with Charlotte and Emma and Verdun and Adrian and, 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 um, and Aiden, like we were all, we all went to this like weird party thing that Ohio was, that the film commission was doing. And I was like, Hey, you guys, what do you think about this for an ending? And I just pitched it to him cold, like right there. I had no wow. idea what I was talking. And I just like, what do you think about this? And they are like, you have to do it. And I was like, okay, I'm glad I got that reaction. So then I took <laughs> it to James and I was like, James, I think, I think I want to end the movie this way. I think this is going to be really cool. It's just going to pack this punch and it's going to leave people like, jaws on the floor they're either going to be cheering or they're going to be like oh my god what the hell just happened uh hopefully we ended as like it's it's sort of like it could play off as one of like those credit sequences that you'll never ever forget and he was like this is really cool okay let's call robert and so he called robert and i pitched him the idea and he was like i really like it um you don't have more time to do it though and you don't have any more money. So if you can figure out a way to do it in your wow. schedule with the money you have, you can do it. And so we like, so literally we were at that house shooting that sequence with, with Bill Sage and Charlotte in the dining room. And we had to leave that scene, go outside, crash an RV, cover <laughs> Charlotte in a bunch of blood. She murders the fuck out of people. And then we shot that stuff. Then we came back in and we kept shooting the set <laughs> in the house with like Modine wow. and, and, wow. uh, and, and his wife and the, and the kids. Like, it was just like, it was this crazy wow. whirlwind of a thing. We only got one take at it and we just did it. And we all knew when we shot it, we were like, Oh my God, that is insane. It and is. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, and that's, and I was like, I was like, that's how we're ending the movie. And then uh, I remember when I saw it, when Tom uh, Elkins, our, our editor, um, had shown me a, a first cut of the movie and it was in there. I was like, 
this is exactly how I wanted it to be. That's, so, <laughs> so that's awesome. It was so exciting. So that was definitely a, a fun sort of realization that, you know, a lot of times being in that zone of the movie, you're like in it, you're there. And suddenly it's, it's like creativity sometimes just fires yeah. uh, like a gun and you just, you're not expecting it. And then suddenly you're like, I think we should just go for it. Let's just do it. Don't question it. Just go. That, yeah, that's, hear, I mean, you hear that a lot. Like when like, you know, you listen to a band talk about like their record and they went into the studio and they had 11 songs ready and they're recording them. And then like you talk to them about like the hit and they're like, oh yeah, we wrote that when the record was almost done. Like we right. wrote that in five right. minutes when all the other songs were done. Yeah, that's that's really amazing to hear that, to me, the most riveting part of the whole movie is that entire end sequence. It's amazing that that basically started as a budgetary reason, right? Right. Yep. To me, that's what sells the whole thing. And I was, I, every minute I was like, I can't believe this is happening. First of all, the whole, just the start of the sequence, the, the re-arrival I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Is it a dream? I kept waking, uh, expecting, waiting for someone to wake up. Like, yeah. what's going on? And then the fake out. Um, and, and that can just happen because uh, the real ending, you guys weren't putting it together. And like, boom, this really, I would consider an iconic ending happens. Um, you mentioned, Mike, your obsession with the with like the skull and antler masks. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, so I assume that the um, the masks and the outfits worn by the foundation in Wrong Turn, I assume the, the visuals are yours because they're very similar to the stuff that goes on in the domestics. Yeah, I mean, it was there was there was a lot of long conversations with uh, with our customer. Um, you know, I was able to bring on Rochelle Berliner, who was our production designer on Domestics, onto Wrong Turn. Um, so her and I, her and I already had this like unspoken language that like we had, we had developed such a rapport on, on the set of domestics and, and, and going through that process that like when I brought her on the wrong turn, it was, again, it was just like, it was, again, it was, thank goodness, uh, she was able to be there because, you know, we, we had already developed that, that shorthand. Um, and she of course oversaw a lot of that. And then of course, working with Gina Ruiz, who was our, 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 uh, our, our costume designer. You know, there was just a lot of specifics that we talked about. Uh, you know, I had made this 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 Bible that kind of took you through all the looks and the feels of things that I wanted to to do. I mean, that's something that I I posted on on my Vimeo page. You can check it out. Um, but it just brought everybody through all the departments were able to look at it and, and be like, okay, yeah, that's I, we can see the movie in this book. Um, and again, like domestics is a, is a perfect example of like a lot of where my stylistics and, and some of my sensibilities come from and how I feel like, you know, they, they fleshed out and grew in, in, into, into what they became in wrong turn. And, and, you know, you, you will, you'll be seeing more of it <laughs> that, well, yeah, okay. as, as movies continue, as, as, okay. as long as people continue to give me money to make movies, or as long as I just continue saying, fuck it, I'm going to make a movie. Uh, you'll continue seeing, you know, uh, uh, visuals uh in in that in this same sort of sense well, well, i'm curious the, the people that you talked about that you brought on from the domestics there's a movie that we talked about that was one of our favorite movies one of our favorite more modern movies and you talked about how like you know the horror movie the rules are changing there's this movie haunt that has damian mafi um cheney morrow is in it and almost everybody else from the, the crew of haunt is the entire crew that worked on wrong turn. Yep. I like, know. Is, is, what's the relation there? Because I love that movie and it blew me away as I'm going through like the IMDB, like, Oh, what else did this person work on? Haunt. And this person haunt. 
Yeah. So, uh, I mean, Haunt was done in, I believe, Northern Kentucky. Um, you know, again, like just across the border from Cincinnati. And that's where a lot of the crews came from to work on ours. So, uh, you know, you had Cincinnati and you had, um, you know, Louisville and, uh, and, and, and Lexington, like basically anywhere in that sort of stretch, you had crews coming in, uh, to shoot both of those, both of those films. I mean, uh, another one, Strangers Pray at Night was also Northern, uh, Kentucky. Okay. Um, and, uh, Damien was the man in the mask in, yeah, uh, right. in, uh, in Pray at Night. James Harris, uh, produced that movie and Johannes Roberts directed. And so uh, James had already done uh, a movie in Kentucky and liked working with Damien. And Damien, at some some point, just reached out to me uh, after he saw Domestics or something. It was like, Mike, I really love your work. I just want to see if there's something we can do in the future. And I was like, yeah, man, cool. And I'd seen him in Strangers Pray at Night. I was like, well, this is cool. The, the man in the mask is like calling me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is, this is great. And then of course, James Harris is like, oh yeah, like he's, I, I worked with him on that. And I was like, oh, that's right. That makes sense. And he goes, yeah, he's really great. He's like, you know, do you think you have a spot for him on wrong turn? Cause he's actually really good. And I was like, I mean, I probably do. Like, what about this Morgan guy? And sure enough, like it all just kind of fell into place. Cheney happened to be cast just on an audition tape. Like we were looking wow. for the Hobbs character. And we were, I was going through all the tapes and I didn't even, I didn't even, uh, I hadn't seen haunt at that time. Although it was cool when we were, when we were uh, making wrong turn, they did a, uh, a premiere screening there for the, the cast and crew. Um, and so they, I, and I got invited to go see it before it was released. And so it was really fun to see it, uh, on a, on a big screen out there with all the cast and crew who of course were all the cast and crew right. in, on wrong turn. So we all got to see it together and that was awesome. Um, but Cheney was one of those guys where I saw a, a taping and then I put it together. I was like, Oh my God, you're the ghost. What is happening? Like, this is so crazy. <laughs> the best um, character. Those two guys in haunt are unbelievable. They must've been very appreciative to like actually have a role where they can show their faces and speak. Well, that was one of the things. And I, and, and, and yeah. Uh, uh, cause, uh, Cheney had just done dark waters with, uh, Mark Ruffalo. And so he had a, he had a, a small part in that and he was able to, he, I think he was a farmer in that and he was able to, to, to actually be on screen there. But like, yeah, Damien was always a mask guy. Yeah. And, um, I was like, you are going to be in a mask, but you're going to take it, take the mask off. And he's like, Oh, I am so ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I, I can't wait. And then we made him learn uh, foreign language, you know, Faroese, which, you know, nobody knows of. And so it was just like, so he learned this language, learned how to emote with it. We, we put him up with a team up with a linguist who like taught him the language and how to speak it and how to emote with it. And he did such a good job. And like, to me, he, he gives one of the like more striking performances in that sequence in the, yeah. in the cave because he, yeah. he's, it's so painful to watch him because not only is he angry, but he's, he's, he's sad. And it's very, it's not very often that you get to see the antagonist, um, through that lens. And, uh, and so it, it, it was fun to, to let him play with that and to really show that like, he's got some serious chops. Like I really, yeah. I can't wait yeah. to see, uh, what he's able to do, what more he's able to do, um, you know, with, with some, with some good material for sure. I, I thought that that was one of the most powerful uh, pieces of performance in the whole film that the, um, the speaking of that language, the way he pulls that off seems very realistic to me. That seemed like um, genuine. 
I, I thought it was really it made a big difference. I thought with the whole story um, for it to seem that genuine. Um, I, I did want to ask you. You know, we talked about some of the similarities and some of the things that you brought um, from the domestics into Wrong Turn. I feel like there's a through line that goes even back further to summer school, which um, <laughs> summer school. <laughs> now, it, summer school. I don't know if you know. It's on Amazon. It's ninety nine cents. You can watch summer school. Yep. Um, the impression that I get is it was almost a, a collective. Um, but there is a, you, you're credited with editing solely, I believe, and you are solely credited with um, one of the shorts. It's kind of a, a, con, a connection of shorts, and, and there's one called Hillbilly, which yep. you are solely credited with. And I feel like there's a, actually like a pretty clear through line from Hillbilly, and this is two thousand and six, I believe, release all the way to the domestics and to wrong turn. Is that something that you, that you're conscious of or that you've thought about, or is that just kind of the way things happen to work out? There's just something, I mean, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, again, the movies that I grew up watching. Um, you know, I'm, I think there's always, I've always been, there's always been this sort of, fear of, of, of the unknown that's, uh, that's in, that's in people. And so, especially with, with like the hillbilly section, now granted with the hillbilly section, it was like, that was my, I'll call it, those are my deliverance days uh, where I was, uh, I was watching deliverance all the time. Okay. I I thought (laughs) Uh, so. (laughs) Yeah. I was, so I was, I was constantly watching deliverance. I was, uh, I was always watching. uh, Yeah. I was watching deliverance. I was watching, uh, uh, you know, any any Mad Max uh, in there. Oh my God. Like Mad Max, Pulp Fiction uh deliverance like it was all these like really just grungy like you know like really seedy character type movies and uh (laughs) and so that was yeah that's definitely where a lot of the a lot of the inspiration uh came from and and um for sure yeah for for what it's worth (laughs) I just I thought it was interesting. We can we can talk about deliverance as it relates to summer school, and we can talk about deliverance as it relates many years later to Ron Turn. You know. Well, and well, and another. I should I should throw in another movie in there that's important that I, I oftentimes leave out that that was a huge inspiration to all of those, which was a movie called Race with the Devil with Peter Fonda and Warren Oates. Um, okay. I, I don't know if you've seen that movie, but no. that is another great movie uh, that was done in the in the late uh, mid to late seventies. Uh, it takes place. It's about an RV, like a couple that they, they take uh, two couples that take a, a trip in an RV, um, and they witness a satanic sacrifice by these uh, people out in the woods and um, are on a chase throughout the entire movie, and they never know who is a satanist and who's not and who's watching them. And it's everybody, you know, everybody poo-poo's and downplays this movie. It's, oh well, it's, it's just a lot of B movie fun. I actually see it a lot more as, 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 as far more, I revere the movie far more than other, I think other people do <laughs> um, because it really left an impact on me after I watched it. I was like, wow, like such a great movie that, you know, discusses paranoia, xenophobia, but also just like, uh, you know, that, that fear of that fear of the unknown, that fear of what other people are into that fear of cults, that fear of other communities. Right. Um, and, you know, yes, it can get a, it got a little campy and there's like, you know, they're hanging out with out the windows of, with shotguns and shooting cars. And but again, Mad Max, like, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Again, yeah. all all those. And again, it's also why I have in the end of wrong turn, I have the RV come to take her. 
that's a that's a complete nod to race the devil oh, uh, the, okay. the, nice. the big the giant fire where they're burning the bodies in wrong turn that how the movie starts with the with the flames is a complete nod to race with the devil when the, the, the they're they're doing the sacrifice uh scene uh in that and so it's like all like those things are so important to 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 me as a filmmaker a temple of doom is another one where i'm just like Sure. I grew up watching that movie when I was way too young. It left such an impression on me. Same. And uh, it's it's it like it had it's become my favorite Indiana Jones film. It it never it wasn't always, but it's like one of those movies where I was like, it was like it always was at the at the bottom of the barrel. And it's weird, weird. It's like as I got older, I started to enjoy it more and started to see it for what it was and realized that it was like, well, this is Indiana Jones goes to hell. Oh my god. This is Indiana right, Jones goes right. the hell. This is incredible. You know what I mean? Wow. And it was such a great, much darker take on on that um, advent adventure uh, that I can't even think of another example of that that really does that. And so um, that was a huge. I mean, that of course has a huge impact on, on the movie, and especially like I don't know. If, I have a short online on, on Vimeo as well uh, that you can watch called "The Retirement of Joe Corduroy." That again plays into that. That plays into race with the devil. That plays into Death Wish. That plays into like all those, all these like kind of movies of the seventies and 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 that kind of thing. So yes, you can see uh, sporadically throughout my work. And when you look at and revisit those movies, another one is the uh, the, oh, the the first sequence in the Twilight Zone movie with Vic Morrow is another right. one that actually probably had as much of an influence on the segment in Summer School. Uh, than Deliverance did because that was sort of what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be, again, this character, the door closes and he turns and it's gone. Wait, what, what's happening? And then these characters that, you know, he's completely transported somewhere. And this is, and so to me, like using that as sort of a basis of like what that nightmare sequence was in that movie. Um, huge, again, I saw that movie at a very young age that so had a huge lasting impact on me. And I remember that sequence always being like, I feel really uncomfortable watching this why why you know what i mean and it scared me to death i mean we all love terror at twenty thousand feet but there's something about that 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 uh that landis uh segment that has always stuck with me and has always been such a great um reminder of again just the importance of just how damaging and dangerous xenophobia is and 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 it's it's and and, and the, the horror that can come from that is just it, it can have, have, devastating so well thanks wow. for the the homework i'm not familiar with race with the devil we'll have to uh, get on that yeah. do yourself a favor okay. it is one of the most fun 70s okay. flicks of uh, uh, like ever i love it it's so okay. pretty actually you'll you'll recognize uh, if you've seen the movie the burbs with tom hanks oh yeah i uh, love the burbs Classic. So remember yes. when he's watching horror movies that one night oh and, and there's the sequence where he watches as the girl gets disrobed and then put over the fire and then sacrifice. Oh my God. That's, that's race with the devil. Wow. Okay. No kidding. Okay. I, yeah. I'm in, I, you know, you also don't hear people um, mention um, the temple of doom that much where if they do it, it's kind of, usually people are um, deriding temple of doom in, in <laughs> yeah. the, in the series. So it made a big impression on me. I, I had a similar me experiences too. to you. Um, I know we, uh, we need to wrap up here shortly, but um, what, what's coming up for you, Mike, what can we look for? Um, if anything, what's next? What are you working on? What are you thinking about? Crazy shark movie. Uh, 
<laughs> uh, I mean, that one, that one, I don't know if that's ever going to see the light of day. I mean, it was a fun, it was a fun thing, but uh, there may or may not be, but definitely will be uh, a creature film of some sort uh, nice. in the works now. So I'll leave it at that. Um, All right. Yeah. That one, that one is is one that I'm I'm currently working on, which is a lot of fun, and I'm I'm doing it with uh with with Alan again. Oh, nice, interesting. So, yeah, so he's on to write the screenplay. Um, there's just just to give you a smattering of of other things. There's snipers, aliens, and uh, evil Christmas presents. So take that with what you will, and uh, hope <laughs> that that conjures up some excitement. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's great. We'll be looking forward to all of that. Um, you can always check out MikePNelson.com and keep up on uh, developments. Check out The Domestics if you haven't seen it. Of course, check out Wrong Turn from last year. Mike, thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. We really appreciate it. It's great to talk to you. Big thrill for us. Awesome. Well, again, thanks for reaching out and uh, thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. All right. Maybe we'll speak again someday. Dude, <laughs> time. you let me know. Awesome. Thank you, Mike. Awesome. All right. Take it easy, guys. Later. Bye.